Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Looking forward to getting my workout in tomorrow at TrueMath Fitness. You can get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident with the best workout in Nashville at TrueMathFitness.com. And Superbook Sports, download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZ, that's A2Z, in the Superbook Sports app for the best odds, boosts, and promo bets. They'll even match your first bet up to $250 free at Superbook.com. So uh, a lot of different things going on today, right? There's only so much that I'm able to watch individually, but uh, really got a pretty good, uh, pretty good picture of everything that uh, everything that we wanted to see. First and foremost, DeAndre Hopkins out there at practice. Secondarily, Harold Landry working through the practice uh, at full speed, as best any of us could tell. That was a pleasant, uh, I don't want to say surprise, because it's been almost, I mean, it's damn near a full year for Harold at this point since he tore his ACL. So the expectation was for him to be available in training camp, but still good to see him because we did not uh, see him in the spring. And I'm sure Titans fans were excited to see the uh, social media videos that people were putting out of Harold Landry. But DeAndre Hopkins was obviously the story of the day. The fact that he practiced at all, the fact that he was present, the fact that him and Ryan Tannehill had a crisp and clean connection from basically the jump. So I want to start with your Two Rivers Ford take on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch in the comment section, if you would be so kind as to let us know, based on what you read on social media, what you read on maybe Jim Wyatt's notebook, maybe what you heard from A to Z Sports or from us on the radio show, what was your biggest takeaway from the Titans' first day of camp? We will talk about these things together right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is, as always, made possible by the wonderful people at Two Rivers Ford. Quality American-made Ford vehicles and award-winning customer service. That's what Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet offers, powered by Ford, driven by people. So, what was your biggest takeaway from from the uh, Titans' first day of training camp? Matt Drew says, getting closer and closer to the start of the season. Yes, that's absolutely so. Uh, Mr. Jones says, D-Hop didn't want to go to a Super Bowl contender. He wanted to create one. Well, uh, well, that remains to be seen, but certainly something I'm sure people uh, will be excited to uh, continue to monitor. Puka says, they're going into camp healthier. Yeah, you know, Rabel was asked this today by Corey Curtis. Um, and what Corey basically Vrabel kind of shrugged it off and said, yeah, I mean, it's day one, right? There's going to be injuries at some point. You, you try not to get too excited about what the roster looks like when it's completely healthy. Cause you understand certain point, inevitably something's going to happen that brings those injuries about Jimbo says, don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it, it's, it's superstition is something that, you know, how real stuff like that is to not say it out loud or to not manifest into into existence, whether you say it or not, some player on the Titans roster is going to get hurt at some point. So um, I understand why you might uh, scold your fellow Titans fans from even bringing up the idea that they might be healthy at this point. Um, But yes, the roster is in pretty good shape. But again, it's only the first day of training camp. 
Uh, B-Friend says his takeaway with Arden Key is a baller. Burks and Chig look look good, and I'm interested in Kyle Phillips. So that's not one observation, but three. Big Dog says Spears has bulked up a lot, and Burks is in shape. We good. Well, uh, yeah, uh, Traylon Burks is certainly in really, really good shape and got some uh, good video of the wide receivers throughout the course of the day. Uh, it's pretty interesting to look how much bigger Traylon Burks is than DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, not a small human being. Uh, and Traylon Burks kind of hover. You'll you'll see the angle that I got of them going through the individual drills where they're both running or they're both working directly at you before they turn around and run the route uh, that they're uh, being asked to run off the footwork drills that they're executing. But uh, yeah, Traylon Burks and uh, basically the second-year skill position players Really coming into their own at this point, that's something that they need. That's something that needs to continue to progress. And obviously, we're in the very, very infantile stages of training camp. But, uh, you know, good progress from that group, that collection of players so far. Uh, my biggest takeaway, though, that was that was DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins was there at all. And the idea that Tannehill went to him early and often, both in seven-on-seven seven and team drills throughout the course of the first day. So that is a uh, you know a small sample size of the work that DeAndre Hopkins got in today. Uh, a reminder that you didn't see one-on-ones today, for example, because there weren't fans in attendance. So the uh, restrictions, again, on the, uh, the reporting, the things that we're able to shoot for both television or social media, uh, the things that I could talk about while we're doing the radio show during training camp practice, there's some limitations. It's basically the you know, same as regular season rules. Same as spring. There's only so many things that we can tell you, right? Uh, and there's only so much time of practice that we're allowed to film. Stephen King says, the lack of kicker videos worries me. I don't know if that's sarcasm or if that's a legitimate concern. But, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. that With Hopkins out on the field today, I don't know that anybody was using their allotted, I think we get about 20 minutes to shoot the, the open portion of practice. I don't think anybody was using their allotted uh, 20 minutes to go over and look at the kickers. It was between Hopkins and Harold, and uh, Hopkins got the vast majority of the attention today. Uh, Mr. Jones says Vrabel had a lot of good things to say about Malik. He did. That's true. Uh, and certainly Malik Willis progressing the way that, uh, or progressing in a way that is up to their expectations is a positive sign. Mike mentioned him as somebody who was just on the outside of the offensive offseason award winners. Now, I will caution you some con- uh, with some concern or caution you uh, as to the uh, how much weight you assign the offensive uh, the or the off-season award winners, rather, 
because this has been pointed out to me year after year after year. Typically, the players that Mike Vrabel names who are off-season award winners, um, those are not typically guys who end up playing out uh, in great fashion in the regular season. Just for example, uh, this year, and I can read the list of names um, that uh, that Mike Vrabel mentioned earlier today. Uh, Tannehill, um, Thomas uh, Odakoya, who's the, uh, I believe he's Dutch, tight end, the uh, the international player that they've had on the roster for the past couple of years. Corey Levin, uh, defense, Jaden Peavy, uh, Jack Gibbons, and Arden Key. Uh, and did go out of his way to mention that Willis was, quote, unquote, very close. Now, again, worth mentioning that uh, that last year's uh, offseason award winners were Dylan Radens and Caleb Farley were a part of that group. So not I wouldn't put too much into those uh, wouldn't put too much weight into the offseason award winners. But, you know, not not. Uh, a bad thing that Malik Willis was mentioned with the kind of players that did receive offseason awards that way. Uh, but most, most, more than anything, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> more than anything, my takeaway today was DeAndre Hopkins, his readiness, his ability, how much, you know, how much better he looks than the other wide receivers that they had out there, how many, uh, how much more versatile uh, of a, uh, of a player he is than the rest of the wide receivers at this point doesn't mean that the rest of the the young players can't become uh you know more versatile in what their skill set is or further develop their route craft or improve their footwork all of these things are certainly possible but DeAndre Hopkins has been in the NFL he's heading into 11 years and he's very he's a very very high level player he's a future hall of famer in all likelihood and uh in the same way that he brought that you know in the same way that and I understand that some of you might look at this with a bit of a side eye Julio Jones, his presence brought a legitimate energy to Titans practice because the players respect him. They know the resume of Julio Jones. They understood how important it was for him to be out there working when he was available to get work in. So Hopkins bringing that same energy, it's not unimportant. Now, you hope that DeAndre Hopkins can have better durability than did Julio Jones and Again, that remains to be seen. Jay Adkins says, it's that time of year, ready to cry. Well, you guys are, uh, that's battered Titan syndrome at its finest. It's only the first day of training camp. Just, you know, keep keep yourselves together for at least the month of July. There's still a few more days in July before we even get to August, the drama. Uh, it is eSports Prime Time is made possible by the wonderful people at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com, get your dream address without the stress and the Intel edge you need to succeed with the one and only realtor that you need to trust in Middle Tennessee, Gary Ashton, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators, can be found at GaryAshton.com. Uh, so as you look at the uh, as you look at the the impact of DeAndre Hopkins and the ability that he brings. Uh, Lou Man says, Vive veteran information before extraction. I'm not sure what extraction entails, but certainly he is a vibe and uh, a veteran at this point and, you know, is going to do a lot of good for that wide receiver room. He is going to make a difference. Uh, Ryan Knight says, Tanny is going into tunnel vision mode. Watch what he does this year. Um, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Listen, I, I've been telling you guys for years at this point even after the Bengals playoff disaster 
Ryan Tannehill is fully capable of playing in a Super Bowl, of getting to a Super Bowl. I've never had a question in my mind about that. I've never had a question as to his ability, as to his pedigree, as to his skill set, as to his arm talent, as to his ability to operate this offense. He just needs more help. He had a lot more help in 2019, had a lot more help in 2020. Hell, he even had more help in 2021, even as that roster was a bit of, of a disaster throughout the course of the year. 2022 is really the only drop-off, significant drop-off that we've seen in Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, injuries as much a part of that as anything. The biggest reason why they lost seven straight games to end the regular season is because Tannehill got hurt. The best opportunity that you have to win a Super Bowl is with Ryan Tannehill right now on the roster to get to a Super Bowl. And then by nature of getting to a Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl. You are, uh, you are... You are foolish, I think, to doubt the abilities of that player and ignore the rest of the circumstance around him. I, you know, I, I've been accused of uh, caping up for Ryan Tannehill in ways that might be over the top, and I just don't think that's so. I think that I think that the quality of quarterback play that he brings that this franchise has not had since Steve McNair, I think it is very, very quickly dismissed by maybe not a, a majority, but a very loud minority of people who just don't seem to understand um, how much, I mean, or at least who might've forgotten how down bad your quarterback situation has been basically every year outside of McNair and a few moments um, here or there beyond McNair, it's not been anything consistent. And that dude is the most consistent quarterback since Steve McNair to play for the Tennessee Titans franchise. Uh, Titans number one fan says, Buck, do you think they can make the playoffs? Sure. I think they can make the playoffs. Um, I, I, yeah, I think they're totally capable of making the playoffs. Now, does it happen? I don't know. Right. Like just because I think they're capable of making the playoffs doesn't mean that they're guaranteed to. Um, but I, yeah, I think the expectation of this team right now is that they are a playoff team. And then once you make uh, the playoffs, I've said this to you guys a million times, the, the, the way that they build rosters in the NFL is, can I get this thing close enough to the playoffs, uh, to give myself a chance. And then once you get in the playoffs, like it's kind of a, it's kind of to, to steal the, the quote from Rand Carthon after the draft, right? Roll the dice and play the board, take the board out of the equation. You're rolling the dice. Once you get to the postseason. literally it's a crapshoot. It's not as random as the hockey postseason, but it's certainly, there's a degree of variance in the NFL playoffs that if you get there, you have just as good an opportunity to win the Super Bowl as the uh, seven seed as does the number one seed, right? Your health matters, quarterback matters, but more than anything, like the health is the most important thing. And that's just predicated on, you know, that's as much luck as anything else at that stage. So yeah, the, the expectation is that this team is uh, a playoff capable team. Once you make the playoffs, then you can start to have, you know, then at that point, anything beyond that, as far as I'm concerned is house money. Um, in the same way that I kind of went into the season prior to DeAndre Hopkins, thinking that anything that they were able to accomplish would be house money. This does raise the stakes. Uh, it does make them a better football team. It does make them a playoff-capable football team. But we will see. Um, the offensive line is the thing that really is going to predicate their uh, failure or success far more than would DeAndre Hopkins. This offensive line situation is going to be the situation to watch. Um, Steve Kaiser or Kaiser, uh, says after watching a few Jags podcasts, I know we are wasting our time here in Titans land. Um, 
what do you mean after watching a few Jags podcasts? I know we are now. Oh, you mean uh I I'm I'm assuming that you're talking about that that Jags podcasts, maybe they're fan podcasts. I don't know which what the nature of these podcasts are. Um, but I'm assuming that you're saying that the Jaguars media things that you've been consuming are saying that the Jags are the favorite to win the division. By the way, they should be the favorite to win the division. There's no question Jacksonville should be the favorite to win the division. Um, I think Tennessee still has plenty of questions to answer, and Houston and Indianapolis are definitely further away than the other two. But, I mean, to to this point, uh, 10-08-5-9 says Buck's a hater. No, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a fan and I'm not a homer. You can, uh, you can call that hating if you like, but I don't think that necessarily, uh, I just think that makes me objective. If being objective is qualifying as hating, then I think that, you know, I would say that you're a bit soft if you're somebody who can't handle just a teeny, a teeny weeny bit of criticism about your precious little football team. So yeah, the idea that objective criticism uh, versus, uh, versus hater, quote unquote, I think that's something that you need to work through personally. Uh, but I would say to you that yes, the Jags absolutely should be favored to win the division, but not by much. The difference between the Jags making the playoffs and uh, and missing the playoffs was really that Josh Dobbs, you could have called it an incomplete pass. You could have called it, I mean, I thought it was the wrong call, uh, just again, as an objective consumer of football. I thought that the uh, the wrong call was the call that the referees in that Jacksonville Titans game at the end of the season ultimately made. Uh, but I do think uh, I do think that Tennessee, um, you know, for as down bad as they were in that game, Trevor Lawrence is not something that I'm willing to just completely trust at this point. Trevor Lawrence is clearly an ascending player, right? He's he's going to be a problem at some point in the near future. I haven't seen that from him yet, right? I I haven't seen that consistent level of play. I saw him do well to gut it out. Uh, you know, after a really, really difficult start in the postseason against the Chargers, I think that's more about the way that the Chargers collapsed than it was about Jacksonville winning. But, you know, again, that's house money. The Jags got to the playoffs. They ultimately won a playoff game. You can try and cheapen that the Jags won a playoff game, but that's kind of the nature of the NFL playoffs, right? The Chargers should have won. The Chargers should have won going away. And ultimately, football's weird. And shit like uh, shit like uh, the, the Jags, intercepting their way into a postseason win is not beyond the realm of imagination. That's why it's important to just make the playoffs. And then once you make the playoffs, you can start to have uh, a different conversation. Um, uh, same person says Tanny is 15 and four in this South buck. How is he not the favorite? Um, Cause he's not the entire team. Uh, Jacksonville. I would, I would still argue has the, the better roster I've seen. I, I don't know what Tim Kelly is going to add. Again, there's a lot of unknowns with Tennessee. You can, you can, you can try again. There's nothing wrong with having confidence in your football team. I'm just saying that we haven't seen it yet, right? It's we've seen Tannehill have success. We've seen the Titans as a franchise have success. I have not seen Tim Kelly as a play caller for this franchise. I've not seen Tim Kelly with this particular set of uh, set of skill position players besides Deandre Hopkins. I know that Tim Kelly has had success with DeAndre Hopkins. But again, it, there's nothing wrong with being with Jacksonville being the preseason uh, division favorites. That again is of course the most logical thing. They have a better roster. The coaching staff is uh the offensive coaching staff is something that you trust more right now based on what the Titans have done. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's not it's not some kind of great slight or indictment to say, yeah, Jacksonville who won the division last year who seems to who has the ascending uh, talent at quarterback, who has a Super Bowl winning head coach, 
who has a competent offensive coaching staff, who has, uh, I would argue, a better offensive line situation around Trevor Lawrence, and whose defense I don't know uh, a ton about after last season. I know they had a fair amount of turnover that the salary cap forced them to make. But again, you know, it's you're okay. Like, you don't need to be so butthurt about Jacksonville, the, 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 the reigning division champs. Um, being favored to win the division. Jimbo says the Jags are average. Yeah, the whole division's average. That's my point. Like, you guys, Tennessee is average. Houston is below average. Indianapolis is below average. Jacksonville might be average to slightly above average. Again, average doesn't mean that Tennessee's better. Tennessee should be considered below average until such time as they show otherwise. Jacksonville should be considered average until such time as they prove otherwise, you guys are put assigning way too much into preseason betting odds. Um, to say that the Titans are better than the Jags, no, not based off our last sample size. So again, uh, you know, take 10 deep breaths or 20 short ones. It's the worst division in the NFL, okay? You have just as good a chance to win it as does Jacksonville. You're getting way too caught up. It's literally the first day of training camp. <laughs> take 10 deep breaths. Or 20 short ones. Listen, I love that I love that you guys are passionate, but you know, it's a little batshit crazy to get this bent out of shape on July the 26th. Um, okay, so as we continue to uh have the discussion around uh training camp, speaking of training camp, which Titans player on the current roster needs to have the best training camp? Now, again, best training camp doesn't need doesn't mean that. You know, let's just use an example. It doesn't mean that Traylon Burks needs to have an infinitely better training camp than DeAndre Hopkins, for example, right? Just using those two as an example. But based on expectations for the individual player coming into the season, Traylon Burks does need to have a good training camp, right? Chig needs to have a good training. I mean, they all need to have a good training camp. But based on who needs to have a good training camp to solidify their position on the roster, to prove to us, to the coaching staff, to their teammates, that they can be a legitimate contributor if not starting caliber player for this football team, who needs to have the best training camp of the players on the Titans roster right now? We'll talk about this together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch right after I remind you that A to Z Sports Prime Time is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com and get your first workout free. I love TrueMath Fitness. I really, really do. It is such an awesome workout. I love the group workouts. I love the personal training. I prefer personally, just because of my schedule, the personal training that TrueMath Fitness offers. They'll work with your schedule, just like they work with mine, to make sure that you can accomplish your fitness goals. As I said, the group workout classes are always awesome. Boot camp style classes, about 40 minutes, super efficient, get you in and out, whether you want to work out in the morning, before work like I do, whether you want to go after work to kind of put a productive bow on the end of your day. TrueMathFitness.com is where you go for your first workout free and to find out all about their great membership options. Um, Beverly says, do you work out every day? Uh, there's no way to sound not. Yes is the answer to the question. There's no way for me to uh, sound not sound like a douchebag when I say that. But yes, I do. Um, every day, typically, I'll, I'm pretty good about going on Sundays. But su- Sunday, you know, Sundays is just like a workout constitutes. I'll go do a 10-minute bike conditioning workout at my gym and then uh, do a little bit of yoga afterwards. So it's not always, you know, uh, pedal to the metal type of thing. But I do try to get some kind of exercise in every day. And TrueMath Fitness makes it possible. Shout out TrueMath. They are the best in the business. All right. So which player needs to have the best training camp? 
um, at this point. Uh, Richie, uh, Richie says that doesn't make us douchebags. Yeah, but they, I mean, it, it's, it, there's no way to sound like, no, you're, you are correct, Richie. If you work out every day, it does not make you douchebag. It makes, it makes you care about your, uh, your health, but uh, there's no way for me to say, yeah, I work out every day and not sound like a tool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I, I, uh, Jacob Ray says, Buck, you're 30 now. It's about health. Damn it. I know. I, I woke up literally the day after I turned 30. I couldn't turn my head to the right for like two days. It was wild. That is unbelievable. Anyway, who needs to have the best training camp at this point? Uh, Tannehill says Jimbo, uh, healthy Burks, Hopkins, Chig, healthy. Okay. This, I think he's still, I think he's, I don't know if he's arguing with me or somebody else about the Titans being better than Jags. I'm not having that. I'm not going to continue to have that conversation at this point. Um, whoever is the right tackle says Mr. Jones needs to have a, uh, needs to have a, uh, a good training camp. So today, um, the, the reps were, I don't want to say completely split between Jamarco Jones and the uh, person that they call OJ. Um, his first name is John. His last name is something that uh, I don't want to say frightens me. It's just I don't know the correct pronunciation. All I know is that Mike Vrabel calls him OJ because the first two letters of his last name are OJ. So number 61, uh, he's a UDFA out of, uh, out of Boise State, about 6'5", big boy. Um, uh, and Jamarco Jones, who has played a lot of tackle for the Seattle Seahawks, was injured all of last year. Those two are the in-house solutions right now. That Again, I, I said this on the radio show today, just because those two are getting the reps right now doesn't mean that that'll be your starting right tackle by week one, right? Um, you look at the circumstance for, for example, with Dylan Raidens, right? Dylan Raidens started last year's training camp, last year's spring work as the starting right tackle. And very quickly, uh, they determined that he was not going to be the starting right tackle and that his better position was inside at guard. So yes, whomever the right tackle is needs to have uh, a productive training camp. The O-line on the whole, says Trippin' Titans. You know, that's probably the best answer. Um, they they really need this offensive line situation to pan out. Uh, we did an episode of the install today. Greg, uh, Greg Cosella, myself, uh, it'll be available in your podcast feeds tomorrow. Uh, my afternoon was a bit scattered, so I, uh, I did not get the podcast over to Robert and Jackson and Lucas, who all do various production elements on the install uh, in time today. But, um, so you'll hear that tomorrow in your podcast feeds. I imagine first thing in the morning, um, Greg breaking down the fit of Deandre Hopkins in the Titans offense. And we did 30 minutes on, it was really, really good, really informative. I think you guys will really enjoy that. But Greg kept coming back to the idea, man, that offensive line group needs to work out. If they, if they can get the offensive line group to coalesce and even just be average, this can be a legitimately, uh, frisky football team, right? But the offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. It, yes, the quarterback has to stay healthy. Yes, Hopkins and Burks and Phillips, uh, guys who weren't available last year or guys who are coming in with questions about availability, they need to be more available on the whole this year for this team to have success. But the success of the offensive line, this team is going to go as the offensive line goes, truly. Um, and, you know, based on the work that Jeff Simmons got against Daniel Brunskill today, Oof. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe just something you write off the one day, but damn, <laughs> that was a, uh, Jeff, Jeff beat the holy hell out of Daniel Brunskill, the starting right guard, and then just went sprinting down the field yelling too easy. So hopefully it's just too easy because it's Jeff Simmons and not, uh, the rest of the league will find it also too easy. That was something that, uh, something that was not an ideal situation. 
Uh, Beverly says, uh, no daily is a big improvement. Again, guys, just because I'm inclined to agree with you because he was literally the worst left tackle in football last year. But don't assume just because the names are different that this offensive line is going to be substantially better. Now, offensive line is probably the correct answer across the board, the players collectively who need to have the best training camp. But I also go back to Elijah Molden, uh, who was out there on the field today, who was working in a variety of different capacities, who got some reps at safety during the spring uh, and will also uh, be a a player in their cornerback rotation. This is a clip from uh, safety's coach Scott Booker from the spring practices, the last time that we talked to the assistants this way, um, mentioning Elijah Molden and and where he kind of factors in 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 what might be their safety depth. You know, uh, I feel very confident that Kevin, you know, uh, we got a lot of trust. He's been doing exactly what he needs to do. He knows how to get ready as a professional. And as far as schematically, he is not behind it all. He'll, he'll be just fine schematically. When it comes to Elijah Molden and just, you know, working a little at safety this year, he was known as a versatile player at Washington. How exciting is it to have him back, hopefully healthy? Uh, and just working with him at the different positions. Yeah, obviously, uh, Coach Vrabel and Shane have talked about Elijah getting some reps at safety. So he definitely um, does bring that versatility. And I don't think we're going to pigeonhole him just right now as a safety, and that's it. He's going to be that versatile player that you guys saw at Washington and that you saw in 2021. So it's exciting for him to get some reps at safety a little bit more than he may have in the past. But at the same time, his versatility is still going to be uh, shown throughout the year. Is it his... So that's safety's coach, Scott Booker, speaking uh, in the spring. Again, this was prior to Kevin Byard showing up, so that's why Kevin Byard was invoked at the start of the, uh, at the, start of the clip. Um, we, forgot, uh, we forgot we had him, uh, says Titan Jones. Dude is a ghost. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think uh, Elijah Molden, you know, you can't rely on, it, on him at this point, right? Just because of his health. Uh, and that's not inconsequential. I think that for Elijah Molden, obviously, it it all comes down to availability. Availability is the thing um, that matters most for a lot of these players. But Elijah Molden can be a really, really good defensive piece for them, whether he's a quote-unquote starter or whether he's the third safety in their rotation, which they utilized a lot last year with Imani Hooker and Andrew Adams, uh, uh, along with Kevin Byard whether he uh, fills in at corner from time to time, whether he's a slot option and they feel that their best outside corner situation is McCreary and uh, Fulton or Murphy Bunting and McCreary, whatever that looks like, right? Molden can find ways to get on, get out onto the field, but uh, certainly the the durability thing uh, is, is in question. Brandon Mitchell says, uh, I would have said Caleb Farley, but he's injured again. Well, um, let's, let's phrase it correctly. Cause I mean, you're not, you're not wrong, but he's still injured. Um, he's not injured again. There was not a recent injury uh, that caused Caleb Farley to be placed on PUP. But uh, Caleb Farley will start camp on PUP, as will Dylan Radens, because their injuries were late in the year. So it's not that he's hurt again. It's that he's still hurt from last season, still not available physically from last season. And again, that's, uh, you know, he's he's. He's apparently the surgery, the surgery went well for the, uh, the disc, uh, slip disc situation that he had, um, Raiden's again, a late ACL tear. So both of those players in a really, really tough spot. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a make or break year for both of those players. Um, and tough, difficult for them to not have the opportunity to get those things, um, to get those 
get those valuable reps, that valuable time spent during training camp. Um, you know, cause again, they're going to start behind the eight ball and it's just, those two can't seem to get out from, get out from under it basically. Uh, all right, let's move to rising and falling. We'll make it quick on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch here in the, uh, here on the primetime show, a quick reminder that, uh, Oh, by the way, whose stock is rising, whose stock is falling this week in sports. That's the uh, prompt. You can give me your comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, Grant James says thoughts on the kicking uh, competition between Wolf and Shudak. To be honest with you, Grant, I didn't watch a I didn't watch a single kick today. Um, so uh, allow me uh, a few more practices. Uh, no practice tomorrow. Well, no no media availability tomorrow. I'm sure they'll be at the facility and they'll be doing some work, but we will not be out there again till Friday. So uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Don't know why I can't clear my throat uh, on a regular basis, but. Um, Allow me a little more t- time to watch the kicking competition to be able to uh, to give you a better assessment on that. Because I, with Hopkins being out there today, you know, the radio show starts at 10, practice starts at 9.30. Then once I'm sitting down doing the radio show, the only visibility that I have is on the field in front of me. So the specialists were not on the field in front of me today. It was offense and defense. Uh, so I saw a lot of teamwork, but not uh, not. I don't, I don't think I even looked at a kicker today, to be honest with you. So we'll, we'll circle back with me, Grant, and I will uh, give you a, a better assessment when I've had more opportunities to watch them. Um, okay, who stock rose, who stock fell? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that Primetime is presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app today, plug in the promo code ATOZ, and they will match your first bet. Up to $250. Superbook.com is where you go for the best odds boosts and promo bets around. Nobody will get you in on the action and give you the opportunity to win money the way that Superbook Sports will. So download the app, plug in that promo code, go to Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. So... Uh, as we, uh, as we wrap things up today, we will do a rising and falling candidate, uh, Titans related rising and falling candidate, uh, to wrap up the show because there was a murder committed, uh, not at St. Thomas sports park today, or I can't say as to where the two individuals who were, uh, involved in this social media altercation is not an actual murder a social media murder as it were. Stock down. Whose stock fell today? The stock of Taylor Lewan fell today. And you might say, well, how could Taylor Lewan's stock fall today? He's not on the Titans roster. He's not in an NFL training camp. Uh, you know, to the best of my knowledge, the podcast is uh, a booming success for them with uh, Will and Taylor and the rest of the crew. So congratulations to them on all their success. But how, how could Taylor's stock have gone down? Well, I present to you Taylor Lewan having his uh, digital throat slit by DeAndre Hopkins in the comment section of the Titans Instagram page. So, uh, you don't see the uh, the video itself, but the video that the Titans posted on their official Instagram account is DeAndre Hopkins coming out of the practice facility, wearing his Titans gear, walking out onto the practice field. So, Taylor points out that DeAndre Hopkins, because he's walking, is likely about to get yelled at for walking on the practice field. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins sees this and responds, gets yelled at when Chandler Jones has five sacks on you in one game. And of course you will remember that DeAndre Hopkins was part of that Arizona Cardinals, Tennessee Titans game where Taylor Lewan was thoroughly ragdolled by Chandler Jones. So <laughs> I, uh, 
Taylor stays, <clears throat> Taylor stays taking strays in ways that damn are just <laughs> it's just cruel <laughs> a little bit, but it is always funny to see um when those things happen. But man, the uh, Taylor Taylor out here catching body bag type situations when he's not even on the act, not even on an NFL roster at this point. Uh Van Boys TV is asking the question, will the field graphics change with the throwback units? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I I don't I don't remember, I don't recall teams when they use their alternate jerseys changing the logos. I'm sure there's a, a protocol that the league has to, you know, verify that whatever they're going to do is going to maintain the integrity of the playing surface and all these other things. Um, I don't think they, I don't necessarily know that there's something that prevents them from doing it in this season. But, uh, again, like the kicking competition, I don't know the answer to that question. So I will, uh, I will see if I can endeavor to get an answer for you tomorrow and, and circle back. Uh, in fact, I'll send a text to, uh, some people with the Titans right now to see if I cannot, uh, ascertain some information, but you know, it's the end of the show. So, uh, if you, uh, if you watch the radio show on, uh, YouTube or Facebook live or, Twitter or Twitch, because you can do so on 104.5 The Zone's YouTube channel. Uh, jump back in the comment section tomorrow during the radio show. We'll be in studio, so I'll be able to see it. and uh, Or I'll be far more likely to see it. I do have the ability to read comments when we're out at training camp, but I, just, I, I don't look at them just because I don't have 17 monitors in front of me, one specifically designated for streaming, uh, streaming platform comments the way that we do have back at the uh, Zone Studios on Music Row. So, Follow up back with me tomorrow uh, during the radio show, and I'll see if I can't get you an answer to that question. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Listen, uh, the radio show, speaking of the radio show, it was, I'm biased. I think we do great radio shows every day, but today I thought it was particularly fun. We had Rand Carthon sit down with us. We had uh, New Titans Corner Sean Murphy Bunting sit down with us. Both of those interviews are available. If you missed the live version of the radio show, as I mentioned, you could go back and watch the radio show live from training camp. On the, uh, on the various uh, social media platforms for the radio station, 104.5 The Zone, or you can always subscribe to the podcast of my radio show in the same place that some of you get the podcast for the primetime show and the A to Z Sports Morning Show. Just search The Buck Rising Show in your favorite podcast app. And while you're subscribing to podcasts, check out the install. The new episode will be available to you uh, for your drive to work tomorrow. So um, appreciate you guys spending some time with us tonight. Looking forward to getting back in studio and talking some more about training camp tomorrow. Have a great rest of your evening, and I will talk to you at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year, we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.